Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. I need a volunteer tonight, just one today. You never know what I'm going to do, so I'll just, I'll just, I'll take you, man. I, t- I saw your hand first, so I'm going to go with you. What's your name? Thomas. Thomas what? Stevens. Thomas Stevens. How long have you been coming to the church? Uh, like three years. Three years? Yep. And uh, what made you come to church? I actually started coming to church because my mom came to church, and I didn't really have anything in common with her. Um, I was trying to start a relationship with her again. So that was my uh, easy way out, you know, a quick hour a week and just get it out of the way. I love the honesty. I just I appreciate that. It's been three years. Are you still doing that or did something happen? Like, has your motives changed? Uh, yeah, you, uh, you kind of sucked me in. Well, everybody did, I guess. Yeah. I, <laughs> so so a, a more deeper question, what, what made you stay? Um, the community, especially. That's, that's the most important thing to me. I love all of you guys so much. Um, What, what would you say has been a couple of things that has really has changed in your life this last three years? I had no idea about any kind of relationship with God before church, and my life was really, really empty. Uh, I felt really, really empty inside for a long, long time, as long as I can remember. And I don't feel that way at all anymore. I, I feel completely fulfilled. That's awesome. Any, anything else that you like to share with us? God's What's your deeper secret? No, I'm just kidding. God's the secret. God's the secret. He, he's, he's everything. I, I would be nothing without him. That's awesome. Um, wait, 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 wait. We're not, we're not, we're not done. Yo, I, you're sweating. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm sorry. I know the feeling, man. So I feel every week. Um, you, you serve in a ministry? Yeah. Which one? Uh, parking and on production. Awesome. How long have you been serving? Parking team for like two and a half years, and production I just joined like two months ago. Awesome. Why should someone serve? Because God served. Uh, Jesus served. I mean, if, if you're not trying to be more like Jesus, then what are you doing here? <laughs> Hey, just drop the mic. Hey, thanks for coming, everybody. What, what are you doing? Whoa. I hope we recorded that because I'm going to use that on the podcast. It's going to be a five-minute podcast this week. It's yours. Sure. But what has been some of the benefits of being part of a team? Um, being part of a team, of, it's like 
having a bunch of brothers and, and a sister now. Shout out to the, the new girl on Parking Team. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a brotherhood is awesome to have. You know, you got accountability. You got people that genuinely care about you throughout the week. Not that I don't have that from other sources in the church, but you got it really, really personal when you're around somebody every single week and you're, you're building something with them and just, I don't know, you can, you can tell their heart, you know? That's awesome. Do you, um, do you happen to have a study Bible? Well, now you're going to have a study Bible. This is actually my favorite study Bible. I've used this for years. This is a brand new one, not the same one. This is, it's, a, it's a brand new one. I highly recommend it. And guess what? Because you were bold enough to come up here, here you go. God bless you. I want to talk to you tonight about having meaningful conversations with people, especially people outside of church. Because if, if we're going to go for the one, we have to interact with people. <laughs> and uh, as you know, I took two months away from social media. And one of the things that was obviously confirmed to me is the power of interaction. I think social media has created this weird concept that we think that we're interacting because we're posting. It's not the same thing, right? It's actually a deceit to think that I posted something that means I, I talked to somebody, you know? That's why there's a lot of fights on social media because there's no conversation, you know? It's just one-way street. It's just me saying what I want to say and then waiting for you to reply so I can reply back, you know? Um, and... Uh, and so what's happening is this, in, in, this is a tool that's supposed to be social, it's become an antisocial, you know, and we're living in a very lonely world where you can have 300 friends on Facebook, but who can you reach out to, right? And so we, we, we have to not be careful to not buy into this lie that posting and likes and dislikes is actually interaction, because it's not, right? I'm believing this. I'm believing that there's going to come a revolution very soon where we're going to go backwards and actually have more interactions with each other. Because we're going to be so fed up with just posting and feeling empty, it's going to drive us to actually have more community. It's going to drive us to actually hang out with people more because we were meant to do life together, Right? And, and, and there's going to come a time where I'll digest all of the social media stuff. But, but today, I just, I just believe that we were meant to connect with people. Especially as believers, we're meant to connect with people that are not necessarily on the same page as us. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, like, if you love people who love you, you're no different than the Pharisees. Right? Like, his challenge is always higher, <laughs> Right? He's like, no, you got to go for people that usually don't respond the same way you do, don't see things the same way you do. And the enemy is doing a great job of dividing people as opposed to bringing people together. The gospel is about bringing people together. Right? And it doesn't say to, to, to love people who look like you or talk like you or act like you. He said you got to love your neighbors, you love your, yourself. Right? And so scripture says this in Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 5 and 6. It says this, it says, 
Live wisely among those who are not believers. And make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. So that you will have the right response for everyone. Right? How cool is that? There's nothing that the Bible doesn't cover for paying attention. Right? He says, you're supposed to have a good report with those who are outside of the church. Right? Now, you can't help how someone responds to you, but you can help how you respond to someone. Right? And the Bible says, as long as it's up to you, be at peace with everyone. Right? They may not be at peace with you, but you can be at peace with them. Right? Pastor Steve puts it this way. He says, let people be weird, you be nice. Right? What a beautiful, deep theological point. Like, yeah, people are going to be weird, fine, but you don't have to buy into the weirdness. You don't have to be like them, right? Especially when you know the Lord, right? Your love for Jesus compels you to be different, right? This is not a, I'm trying to, no, it's like your love for Jesus comes out of you, right? The love for Jesus radiates out of your thinking, out of your words, out of your actions, your reactions. And sometimes when you miss the mark, it, it makes you want to repent and say, I got to do better. I got I to gotta, I gotta handle that better. Right? Your love for Jesus is, is what really compels you and motivates you to go for the one. Of course, if there's no love for Jesus, then there's no expectation there. Right? But when there's a love for Jesus, real and deep inside all of us, then clearly the way that you reflect the love for Jesus is how you treat people. You know that God said that the way he measures the way that we love him is how we love people. He didn't say it's how you worship or how you pray. He says, no, it's actually how you love people. It's how you treat people. It's how you relate to people that really shows the way that you really believe in me. So as believers, right, when we experience the love of Jesus, I believe this, it compels you to want others to experience that love. Right? When you experience something good and great in your life, you don't go, oh, that's just for me. Right, ladies? When you experience that sale, <laughs> what do you do? You get on the phone. Or you go on Facebook, girlfriend, Walmart's killing it. You need to get out there, get them flip-flops. Like, my wife's favorite thing is to buy things on sale. Like, she loves it. She comes home and be like... Guess how much I paid for this? Uh, $5? No, $4.99. It's amazing. Every time, Target is a favorite place to be. If, she, if my wife's not home, she's at Target, for sure. Right? When you find a good thing, you want others to know. Right? And when we know the love of Jesus, we want others to know the love of Jesus. So this is not a weird thing. This is what I pray we break from this stuff like it's not weird it's not hard it's it's organic when it's in you it's gonna come out of you right jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what's in you will eventually come out of you right that's what i tell people listen out of the abundance of the heart you post right you're not a different person you're the same person what's in your heart you will tweet uh, the abundance of the heart you tweet. That's a proverb right there. So, so I want to talk to you practically tonight about having meaningful conversations with people outside of the church. Right? Meaningful conversation. It's, this is a practical 
teaching about how we go for the one. Okay, you ready? I got five points. Ready? Number one, the first thing we need to establish in order to have meaningful conversations with people is we must drop our assumptions. We all have assumptions. Every I have assumptions. Right? Think about it. The first time you came to church, you had assumptions. Can we be honest for a second? Well, you come in and you begin to make your judgments. That guy looks crazy. <laughs> you know, the pastor looks weird. Why is he wearing Jordans? What's going on? For some people, actually someone told me this week. She's like, when I saw your Jordans, I felt like, okay, I can, I'm good. I'm like, man, see the Jordans preach. But you must drop your assumptions. Listen, there's usually two conversations going on. The one in your mind and the actual conversation. Unfortunately, what happens to us a lot of times, we will have the conversation in our minds, but we never had an actual conversation. We will put people in a certain category in our minds, but we never actually talk to that person to actually know if my assumptions were correct or not. Right? Most conversations happen in our minds. Someone said it this way. They're like, most fears never really happen. They were just preconceived notions that we have. And we all have them. And we have to be honest about them if we're going to actually reach people. If we're going to have meaningful conversations. Because here's the reality. People are spiritual beings. That's why we have to drop the category of religious. Because people are people. They're spiritual beings. Right? And most people, unfortunately, have a wrong understanding of God. Most people's understanding of God is what they were projected to them, but they never had an experience for themselves. If you were to be honest, you would say, when I came in, I had a notion of God. Now it's changed. How many of you guys would say your notion of God has changed since you've been coming to church? Right? So if that's true for you, it's probably true for the person you're talking to. Right? We, we have to break these assumptions about people. Just because they're not showing interest does not mean they're not spiritual. Right? There's many reasons why people won't show interest right away. One, it could be the notion of God. Two, it could be bad experiences. Every time someone walks into church, I'm thinking, that's a person that's walking in with a lot of experiences, good, bad, and ugly. Right? And hopefully we can deconstruct some of that. Not us, the Holy Spirit. Right, can help begin to deconstruct some of these bad experiences that people have had. Unfortunately, not every church is healthy. Just like not every home is healthy. Just like not every company is healthy. Right? It's all a mess. So people come in with their mess. Right? And so hopefully we can help deconstruct some of those things in their lives. People have bad experiences with church. But deep down, I believe this with all my heart, we all have the same desires and struggles. Some of our desires and struggles are universal. they just different for different people. But at the end of the day, we are people, right? And we have the same goals and dreams and aspirations. We, we want, for example, a promotion, or we want a family, or we want a bigger house, or, or we want to get out of a certain neighborhood. Those things are universal. All of us have those same things. And so... And so the thing that I have to do is to see people the way God sees them. The more God works on me, the more I change my perception about people. Right? 
and the more I drop the fears that I have about people. Because a lot of times, if we can be honest, it's just our insecurities that gets the best of us about dealing with people. Can you say amen? amen? So, sometimes you'd be surprised if you just bring up church how people want to talk about it. I believe this, I think I've said this many times, no matter where you are right now, God has you there for a reason. I believe you live in the neighborhood you live for a reason, you work where you work for a reason, you go to the gym that you go for a reason, you play on a team that you play for a reason. I believe all of this, like God doesn't make mistakes. Now you may not be there forever, but you're there for a season. And in that season, I believe God has a plan for you to be a blessing to those around you. And I believe that when you have that attitude, you'll begin to see coincidence begin to happen in your life. When you begin to drop assumptions. And, and it starts, honestly, dropping assumptions starts with prayer. Just praying every day, God, help me to see people the way you see them. And God, help me to take the, the chance that you've given me. Because it's not every day, but there's windows of opportunity that God will give you to talk to people. You know, my wife and I, we'll, we've moved a lot. Uh, <laughs> We've moved like, I think, six, is it six times we've moved? Six times since we've been married. We're nomads. And here we are now in New Bedford. We have arrived to the promised land. <laughs> right? <laughs> but we already had this conviction, okay, God, if we're living here, it's for a reason. So now we, we, what we do is we begin to pray for our neighbors. God, we pray you bless our neighbors and you give us an opportunity to be a blessing to our neighbors. I remember when we lived in Pawtucket, I remember praying that prayer in that neighborhood and begin now to find ways to friend our neighbors. And one day, right, I'm like, God, give me the opportunity to, to, to say something to my neighbors outside of just the high and by. And how's the Red Sox? How's the weather? Okay. You know those. <laughs> but I remember one day my neighbor was, was getting her groceries out. I said, I'm just going to go out there and help her. And I went out there to help her. And, I, and, and we're just having, you know, the typical high Red Sox, good stuff. And I just felt in my spirit that day, I said, you know what, I'm just going to bring it up. And I said, do you guys go to church by any chance? And you know what she said back to me? She goes, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you're asking me this. Because my husband and I were just saying, we think the guy next door is a priest. (laughs) And we have some questions. You know, and that was the beginning of an awesome relationship with our neighbors, right? Till this day, right? They, we still talk to them, even though we've moved. We still talk with them, and we have great, great times. Why? Because we just opened that door. Just took a chance to see what happens. Dropping the assumptions. Number two is we must show genuine interest in people. It has to be genuine. People have, people, listen, people are spiritual, so they know they know if you really care about them. When I worked in a group home for three years, I worked with, with teenagers uh, that were ages 14 to 20 years old, right? Troubled teens, right? I was blown away with what some of them told me. You know what they said to me? This is a 14 to 20-year-old. They said, we know who's here for the paycheck. And we know who's here because they care. They know. People know if we're serious about them. People know if we care about them or not. And so it's important that we show genuine interest in people. One of the best ways to show genuine interest in people is to simply ask questions. It's to not lecture people. 
is to ask questions. Because question says, I care about you. I'm interested in your world. I'm interested in what's going on with you. Right? And, 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 and when I do that, what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm validating the person. And I'm showing empathy. Right? I'm not looking to fix their situation. I'm looking to empathize with their situation. Because a lot of times, if we're to be honest, life is so challenging and hard that I don't have the answers. But, man, it's good to know someone's listening. Right? And someone is with me on this thing. Right? And, and you know what some of the best responses to life's challenges when you don't know what to say is to say, man, I don't, man, that's, that's tough. You know what I do when I'm in those situations? I pray. So I don't know what else to do. And would you mind if I pray for you? Right? You open that door for people's hearts. Because here's the thing. Please write this down. First comes caring. Then comes sharing. First comes caring. Then comes sharing. Why do we do serve the city? First, we have to show the city that we care. Then we can share why we care. Right? That's why we do the shelters. That's why we go to the group home. That's why we do street team. You know, I just heard a great report. We just started a new one. We started, this is brand new. We're doing this thing called Loads of Love, where we go, we target a laundromat, and we try to find families and say, can we pay for, for your laundry? And people are blown away by that. We just, I just saw someone's report. Someone was like, some real lady approached me about my laundry. Right? But guess what? By the time that conversation was over, a lot of assumptions about church changed for this person. Because they're like, man, I didn't know this is what you guys are doing. So guess what? She may never come to church, but assumptions have been dropped about church people. Right? Because first... We want to clap. <laughs> First comes caring, then comes sharing. You know, I've seen some people share the gospel, and to be honest with you, it scares me. Because it's like, you don't care. If, if your first thing is to tell people they're going to hell, you don't care. You just want to say what you want to say. Right? Because Jesus would never do that. If you study Jesus, right, and I, I hope you do, look at how he approaches people. It's never one size fits all. He always finds the common ground between him and that person in that moment. Right? Then he begins to share the good news. Right? First comes caring. Then comes sharing. Make sure you follow up with people. For example, when you invite someone to church, that shouldn't be the end of it. They should be, hey, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about your experience? Right? Because think about it. One church service is not going to undo a world of stuff. Right? Which I tell people all the time. If you're serious about church, it takes nine months to conceive something. So you got to be consistent at least for nine months if you're really serious to see something different in your life. So it's our job to follow up with people. If you say to someone, hey, can I tell you something, church? If you say to someone, I'm going to pray for you, do it right there. Like, say what you mean, mean what you say. Right? Stop what you're doing and say, we're going to pray right now. I tell our young staff, sometimes in a day, we only have one window to make a difference, right? It might, it might be one phone call that comes into the office. That one phone call could be the only thing we're going to do significant that day. So let's make sure we're fully there in that conversation when someone calls to say, hey, how's it going? How can we help you? And never end a conversation without asking someone, can we pray for you? And we pray for them right on the phone. 
Right? Because we believe in that divine connection that goes through the phone lines and blesses someone on the other side. Can you say amen? amen. Number three, it's important that you know what you believe. You know, you'd be surprised how many people are in church but don't know what they believe. Right? People don't know why they believe it. And that's a problem. Because how do you engage people who have questions? Now, that doesn't mean you're going to know everything. But you should know some things. And be comfortable with them. Right? Because here's the reality. You will only share Jesus out of deep personal convictions. If he's not deeply convicted to you, then you will never share it. Right? But when it's real to you and you know the difference it makes in your life, then you're going to want to share it with someone. That is my passion behind the little book that I wrote called The Basics. My passion was every believer should know the basics. Every believer should be familiar with the basics and be able to share it with someone. Right? To be honest with you, it all comes down to the basics anyways. Every time. It just comes down back to the basics. But we should know what we believe. In other words, listen. We should know our personal story, right? And we should know our Christian story. Because your Christian story is older than you. The Christian story goes back centuries. That's important. You know why that's important? Because your feelings might change. But the tradition is the same. The legacy is the same. And that's important. Why? Because you will have moments of crisis in your faith. And if you're not rooted on tradition that is stronger and bigger than you, you will falter. That's why some people leave church. They don't have deep roots. Right? So it's important that I know who I am in him and what he's done in history. Right? That I didn't come up with this thing. This has been going on way before I was here. And it will go on even after I'm gone. Right? So become familiar with that. So how do you do that? Yo, you got to. I say, I just said Yo. Yo. What's up, son? The, the thug in me just came out. <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> See, I lost everybody now. For you. So how do you do this? You do this by daily reach into the word of God. You have to go to the source so you can be deeply rooted in things deeper than your feelings and emotions. You have to be rooted in the principles of God and what has kept the Christian faith for so long. Every day, if you immerse yourself in the word, you know what's going to happen when you immerse yourself in the word? Your roots go deeper and you will always have something to talk about because you're feeding your being. And when you, what you eat comes out. Right? So if you ever find yourself like, man, I, I don't know what to say. Well, don't go, go to the Word. You'd be surprised. You were reading the Word. You don't even know why you were reading that. And then later on that week, you find yourself in a situation where that thing you read comes to life. It happens all the time. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? It just happens all the time. You will be grounded in God's Word, and He will use you. I guarantee you, God will use you. You don't even have to try. They'll come to you. Because <laughs> you will become a magnet. Right? For people. People are struggling and hurting. Like, you pray. Can you pray for me? People know. Can you say amen? So know what you believe. Number four. 
you must share your real life. Not your religious life. Hello, somebody. A lot of people are turned off by church because they don't see real. They see plastic. They're like, that can't be true. Right? People need to know that we are not different than they. Jesus said what? He said the rain falls on the just and the unjust. In other words, we all have the same issues, the same struggles. Life is a challenge for all of us. Right? Let people know we are forgiven, not perfect. Right? Let people see the reality of what it means to be a Christian. Like, my wife, and, my wife had this great idea about social media. She's like, what if we start an Instagram account where we just show the mess of our world as opposed to just finding the right filter for everything? <laughs> what if we just show, like, she, she had this great post. She took a picture of a, of a sink, a mess, and she's like, this is my day. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> you know? I'm like, that's, that's brilliant. People need to know this is real. Right? That, that we do fight. That we do have our struggles. But we have a God that sustains us through all of this stuff. You know? So let's be honest and real about our own struggles. I'm not saying put your whole business out there. <laughs> you know, some people on Facebook is too much. <laughs> Say, yo, that's for a diary. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Some people are like, yo, you got friends? At least one that you can call? You ever feel like you want to give someone a hug through Facebook? They need a hug button. Like, I'm giving you a hug right now. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a whole lot of mess. But let people know what we say every week. We're not there yet, but we're on our way. Let people know that life is messy, but Jesus is for all of us. Every single one of us, no matter where you find yourself in this journey, Jesus is for you. I know a lot of people feel guilty. Let them know that there's forgiveness. A lot of people feel like God can never, can never receive them. Let them know like he goes after the 90, like he leaves the 99, he comes for you. Like let's be the messengers of grace. In goodness of love, can you say amen? But share your real life. Another odd job that I had was when I was in college, I worked for Ford, dealer place. The only place I ever got fired from was Ford. They lay one day, they're like, we don't need you. I'm like, I get it. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) I wasn't even mad. I was like, I'm doing my homework. You know? But there was a lady there who also wasn't doing anything. Uh, she didn't get fired, though. She had God's favor over me. Uh, her job was to hand out keys. Like, she had a desk, tons of keys. Her job was to just, like, find the right key and give it to someone. My job was to move cars from, from the lot to the garage and so on and so forth and clean the snow when it's snowing, whatever. And so we, her and I would hang out a lot. She was older than me. And for some reason, we hit it off, and we would talk about everything. Like, I even brought a Bible to, to work. That's how awesome this job was. Uh, I wasn't doing anything. And we would open the Bible and read it, and, and it became such a cool, like in a matter of months, I think, I, I, like we became really close friends to the point that she invited me to her wedding. I went to the wedding. I didn't know anyone. But it was awesome because we established this relationship, right? Anyways, one day I come in. I was having a bad day because I was in college, and I don't think Lindsay was feeling me, so I was like... I'm like, I'm all in, and she's playing like she's not, you know. 
So I'm going to let it burn for a while. So I was bummed that day, and I was defeated. I was waving my white flag, you know. And, and, and this woman was like, what's wrong? I was like, ah, man, it's one of those days. She goes, you? You're having a bad day? She goes, every single day. I pour out my whole life. And I think, you got nothing because you never say anything. I'm thinking, you, you got it all. I'm like, what a crazy revelation I had that day. I'm like, indirectly, this woman thinks I don't have any issues because I've closed off myself in a way. I wasn't doing it on purpose. But that's how she was projecting my life to be. Right? So I said, no, man, this girl, you know what I'm saying? No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I'm a thug, y'all. I was like, nah. I'm saying, like, yo, she be acting, you know? Like, needless to say, look, she's right here. She was just front. Life is messy. Jesus is for all of us. Last one, number five. (laughs) The last thing I want to share with you tonight is is to take the pressure off. The pressure is off. Here's what I mean by that. There is no perfect conversations. There are no perfect conversations. There are no perfect ways to share Jesus. I've heard people come to Jesus in some most awkward ways. Okay? Because God is faithful. His word will go forward. People will get delivered. People will get it. It's not on you. Get what I'm saying? Your job is to just open up the door. The Holy Spirit is like, I got it from here. Right? So there's, there's no pressure. A lot of times what happens is we talk ourselves out of it. Because we had that mind conversation that never actually happened. Right? So there's no perfect evangelism. Life is messy, which means conversations are too. Right? Like... You ever had a conversation, you walked away like, what in the world was that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you, I do this, right? This flows. But when I talk to people one-on-one, the introvert comes out. And I'm like, uh, what, what, what in the world? Like, I don't know what I was saying. No, again, back to college, right? Before I met my wife, I was a CCRI, you know, acting a fool, trying to get credits. Um, and I just got saved. I was 20 years old. I just got saved. And I was on fire. Like, I just like, oh, man, I want to tell people about Jesus. And then I remember, I remember one day walking to the cafeteria, I saw this girl that I had a crush on in high school. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, go share the gospel with her. I said, like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you know. But then I realized, wait, Satan wouldn't tell me to share the gospel. So <laughs> it must be the Holy Spirit. And I went, I, 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 I kid you not, I don't remember anything I said. It was the most awkward conversation. I've had. Hey, how 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 you, how you doing? <laughs> Remember me from high school? <laughs> you know, and I and I don't know how I stumbled into like, you know, Jesus has changed my life and they're all looking at me like this guy's crazy. And I walked away so defeated. I was like, "Ah. Oh. That was that was oh, that was so embarrassing." And I and I I know I don't always hear God cuz some people hear God all the time. I don't. Um, God told me people, like, this scared me too. Because um, they hear God, like, all the time. But, but I heard the Spirit of God, which I believe, said to me, I just wanted to know if you'll be faithful. Sometimes God will just give you an assignment to see where's your heart at. Right? You may not see the results. And you're not going to always see the results. That's not up to you. Every week I preach to hundreds. I don't see the results. 
My job is to just preach what I believe. He put me in my heart to preach. And, and sometimes a few will say, that was exactly what I needed. And, and to be honest with you, my worst messages is when people are like, that's exactly. It was the, it's, it's God once again saying, see, I don't really need you. I can use a donkey. I can use you. You know, God spoke through a donkey in the Bible. So, so if you don't think God can use you, he used a donkey. You know, he's like, just be available. I can use whatever. Just open your mouth. Jesus. It doesn't need to be perfect. No need to tie it up in a bow. And no, don't expect immediate silver lining. There's po- this is what I love. There's powerful possibilities of people's lives being changed when I just engage them. But it's not up to me to change them. Sometimes you hear people say, you ever hear people say, yo, so-and-so got saved. I brought them to church. I five everywhere. But you don't realize that you were just maybe the last person. But there's been so many others who have brought it up to this point. <laughs> you know? Like, none of us got here on our own. None of us was like, yeah, I just need to go to church and get my life together. Jesus, I'm good. No, it's been sequences of people praying and, 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 and agreeing with you. Or even Thomas is like, I, I came because of my mom. But he didn't know this. The Holy Spirit says, no, no I, I, know why you, I know why you're here. You know, and so we have to trust that the Holy Spirit is working on people's lives, just like they were working on our lives. And I don't know what your experience has been, but for the past 20 years, the people that have come to Jesus are the ones that no one expects them to come. Right? So we can't, again, we've got to drop the assumptions that, that this person would never, like, they used to say that about my dad. My dad was crazy. And people would tell me, I'm like, I live with the guy. Like, why are you telling me? I know. And when he got saved, people were blown away. Oh, my goodness. What happened? Like, God happened. And today, my dad is one of the greatest men of God that I know. Nothing is impossible for God. We just have to trust him. But here's the last thing I want to say to you. People are not your conversion project. Okay. They're not your project. Anytime you approach people as a project, you miss the point. And you'll actually get in the way instead of helping. Right? So don't, don't do this. Oh, yeah, I invited the church. They didn't come, so we're good. It's like, well, you never cared then. Or, no, oh, man, this person would never listen. Well, you, know, you never cared. Because you got to trace back to you. How, how many takes did it take for you? I, I think we have amnesia sometimes. <laughs> Like, we forget we're the, the, the knuckleheads. There was a guy in my neighborhood that used to come around, and we knew he was going to come share Jesus. We would run. And then I started going, and people started running. God's got a sense of humor. God's like, see, you did that today. Now it's your turn. Pastor's coming. <laughs> so people are not your conversion project. People are people. And... It's a journey. Don't ever give up on anyone because you're not seeing the outward fruits. It's what's happening on the inside. Here's my last story tonight. And maybe I'll take some questions because we have some time. Another odd job. I, <laughs> I worked at Rocky's Ace Hardware Store. And they made me the paint advisor. I knew nothing about paint. <laughs> I didn't get fired, though. The business closed down. So we all got fired. 
All of us got fired. But I told you, my conviction when I got saved was, God, if I'm here, it's for a reason. So every day I would pray for all my coworkers. I would pray for everyone. And there was always one or two people that you get to work with the most. And I used to work with this guy, Mike, who's older than me. And, um, and I just felt like, man, I got I to gotta pray for Mike, and I got to share whatever I can. And, and I'll be honest with you, Mike gave me nothing. Mike was one of those, like, you ever seen those people that gives you nothing? That's stoic, like, you get nothing from me. It was like that every day for months, honestly. But I would, like, every time I come around him, I just felt like I need to share life with Mike. You know, I was, like, excited. One day out of the blue, because it's always one day out of the blue. Okay. Mike comes to me and says, hey, uh, so I was reading Job. I was like, Job? <laughs> he goes, yeah, you know, in the Bible. I was like, oh, Job, okay. Uh, that's cool, Mike. And then he walks away, that's it. <laughs> few more weeks goes by. I'm not kidding you, true story. A few more weeks goes by, Mike says to me, hey, uh, I just want to thank you. It's like, thank me for what, Mike? He's like, everything you've been sharing is... It's hidden home. He said, uh, I'm 43 years old. I walked away from church when I was a kid. Didn't think it was for me. Didn't register. Didn't mean anything to me. He says, actually, lately, I was dabbling into witchcraft. I said, now that explained this. <laughs> you know? And that day, you know what he told me? He said, I went to church for the first time in years, and it was because of you every day telling me about this love of God. And I said, man, I didn't know anything was registering. And then he always said to me, he said, would you come to church with me next week? Let me know if this is a good church. And we went together, and I don't know where he is today, but I just know God is faithful. We just have to honor him and let him take care of the rest. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.